Welcome and thank you for listening to the Vegan Academy podcast. I'm your host Kuhn and each week together with another vegan expert, we help you to transform your life and thrive on a vegan lifestyle. But before we head into today's episode, let me share with you the audio course, Six Days to Personal Power, we just released to the public. If you want to learn the fundamentals on how to change your lifestyle consistently and take charge over your own life, then check out the link in the description below and use the code PODCAST for 50% off. So now let's get started with today's episode and enjoy listening. Welcome back, friends and family, to another Vegan Academy podcast. This week, a special guest. Once more, this London boy went from being a Jamie Oliver apprentice to actually one of the most hottest vegan chefs and rep- recipe creators here in Barcelona. Give us a warm welcome for Mike Davies. Thank you. Nice to be here, Colin. Nice to, uh, to have you here, Mike. Can you uh, introduce yourself a little bit further? Uh, I know you had, yeah, have been an, on an incredible journey from actually being a, a vegan uh, or an apprentice of uh, Jamie Oliver to where you are today. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened throughout the last couple of years? Quite the last couple of years. Okay, so I'll just I'll just uh, give you my 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 little bio of who I am and how I see myself and cool in a in a nutshell. Um, this is what I say usually when I introduce myself at a workshop or an event or something like that. So I'm, my name is Mike. I'm a, uh, I'm a traditionally trained gone vegan chef. Um, I've been a chef for around nine years now. And for the last four years, I've been dedicating and specializing in vegan food. Awesome. What, Should what's... we start with that? Yeah, yeah, like that's 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 a great start. I would say uh, thank you uh, for introducing yourself a little bit. Like, what what made that change actually from being more traditional chef to becoming a vegan chef? So, when I when I first became a chef, I became a chef because I thought it was cool. And in a way, I was like, I want to be a chef. Yeah, that like I was semi passionate about cooking, mm-hmm. and I kind of stumbled onto the apprenticeship. Uh, by accident in a way which is a (laughs) that's a story in itself so maybe maybe we'll talk about that um in a minute or later on in the podcast but I stumbled onto this apprenticeship and I kind of thought all right I'll give it a go I was a bit I I was a bit lost in in my life I was Mm -hmm. 19 I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I got given an opportunity and I took that opportunity and then got really involved in the kitchen, uh, working as a chef in London, as you said, for in uh, as an apprentice at Jamie's, Jamie's 15 in East London. Wow. So that was my introduction into the kitchen, uh, working with amazing produce, uh, working with amazing Italian chefs. And for the first time in my life, having uh, a, a purpose, I guess. I really didn't feel like I had a purpose before that. I was kind of floating around and not really sure what I wanted to do with my life. And the kitchen gave me focus and it also gave me discipline. Um, and it also made me feel, yeah, it gave me a bit of an ego massage. It made me feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I love to cook. And I feel like 
it was in the time, it's around eight years ago, nine years ago, when, when chefs were starting to become more, I don't want to say rock star, but like there's this concept of like rock star chefs because before chefs, uh, the, the chef industry was, and this is a, another stereotype, criminals and people that didn't really, couldn't really do anything else were the chefs. But that kind of changed when cooking shows started to start to pop up on TV. Well, Jamie Oliver is a perfect example. Jamie Oliver, Ramsey, they kind of, um, yeah, they made cooking more cool. And, yeah. and people that are educated and qualified and other things have dropped their careers to become chefs within the last 15, 20 years. So it was cool to be a chef. And, um, and I enjoyed it. I finished my apprenticeship and went, went uh, straight into uh, fine dining because Jamie Oliver's food is quite rustic and it's like semi-fine dining in the restaurant I was working at. And then I went into fine dining in French and I did the Michelin, uh, the Michelin stuff for a while. Wow, that was really? cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was intense. So I, I did this whole process of, uh, I worked in Jamie's and I did the French thing. And then I traveled to Australia and worked as a chef in Australia. And I enjoyed it. However, I have to say that I didn't start to be really passionate, or I would say my passion skyrocketed when I made the transition to a fully plant-based uh, really? way of living and cooking. Totally. Why is that, do you think? I think because before there was kind of a lot of, there was definitely passion for the food and like the, the whole process of, of cooking. Uh, there was definitely a passion for it. But especially when I was working in the Michelin star thing, I saw how there was a lot of ego in food and there was a lot of ego in being a, a chef in a Michelin star restaurant. And also a lot of um, dead animals, basically. A lot of all these parts of the, of the animal, all this flesh. And, and it's all a very, there's a word, I can't, what's that word? Bourgeois? There's a word for like, it's like posh now. It's all for for rich people in yeah, a way uh, that want to come and enjoy the food. So it was very bourgeois and it was cool, but there was a lot of ego and like, I want to be the best chef and I want to create the best thing. But then when I started to get into plant-based cooking, it's, it's just, it's just cooler. It's cooler in the way that it's, it's humble. Uh, it's ethical. It's more integral in, in, the, in a moral sense, but also you're using whole foods, using whole live foods. And the health element came in really strong for me. I think we talked about it before on Instagram, that health has, yeah, became even more important um, many years ago in Australia. That's another story. But um, I had this kind of, I could describe it as like an emotional energetic shift and that made me very sensitive to substances and uh, alcohol, smoking, uh, meat consumption as well. So health became very important to me even before I made the decision to, to be vegan or to follow a vegan lifestyle. Amazing story, uh, <laughs> Mike. I love how you say that, that like, uh, it, it became cool and uh, that you transitioned from like a traditional chef into a plant-based chef and then 
uh, that the ego dropped. That was also really something that I took away from that. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, you're helping uh, businesses as well, uh, or especially plant-based businesses in a more consulting kind of way. Can you explain a little bit about like that process or what it is, ex what it actually is that you do there? Yeah. So the intention wasn't to, I didn't, I didn't ever market myself as a, as a consultant. I didn't, I didn't really plan anything. As I, as we said before, I didn't really plan anything. I just started the, the Instagram account and things started popping up. So consulting was one thing that popped up and I haven't done that many jobs, but there was a guy that reached out to me who owns a, uh, a sweets company, an Arabic sweets company in Dubai. And a friend recommended me, uh, recommended him to me, recommend, recommended me to him. And um, I went to Dubai. He, they, they, they flew me out to Dubai because they wanted a vegan range of energy bars uh, and peanut butter balls and these kind of things. And I'd worked in, uh, I'd worked for two years in raw food, specializing in raw food. So I was, I was qualified in that area. So I flew out to Dubai. I did that and I was like, oh, cool. Um, high paying premium, premium jobs now. Um, the consulting is like the premium job. So that was cool to, to kind of feel like I can get paid good money for being a chef. That's another thing that I, you don't really get paid good money as a chef, especially in, in London. If, if you're working in the fine dining scene, you don't really get that good money because they feel like they're paying you an experience. Really? In a way. It kind of surprises me though. Yeah. Especially if you see how <laughs> yeah, many yeah. hours like, no, a you're working chef puts here. in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like we're you're working here in a in a Michelin star restaurant, so you're kind of getting paid by having the honor or whatever <laughs> of working sixteen hours a day in a restaurant. No, that comes so at ego yeah, in again. So it's like we're doing you a favor already by providing you this uh, this restaurant where you can work and learn and uh, for you to uh, develop your skills. Uh, of course, there's there's a truth in that. Uh, it's the same as you would work in. A uh, well-renowned uh, marketing company, for example, if you want to build up your marketing skills or whatever. So there's definitely some truth yeah. there, but I get get what you mean there. Um, yeah, you spoke already a little bit about like health. What, can you tell us a little bit more why health became so important for you? Yeah. So when I was in Australia, I was in Australia living and working around six years ago. Could have been six or five or six years ago, and I was a young chef. I was 22 and my, my, I remember lying in bed one, one, one night coming back from, from working at this uh, fine dining restaurant after a long shift. And I would come back and be like, just feel quite unfulfilled. Um, and actually this is something that I felt probably since I was 18, the sense of not feeling, feeling fulfilled, feeling like I'm kind of living, but I'm not, like, like, like my life lacked depth. It lacked depth, it lacked soul. And this isn't something that I would have been able to articulate um, back then. I had no idea. I just felt a kind of, like some sense of emptiness. So I would just follow the crowd and do whatever and, and kind of try, try to feel that uh, emptiness. Um, a, common, a, a common way would be 
women, right? Women to try and fill that sense of emptiness with women and attention and being a chef, uh, end up being a chef and being a good chef and being a, working in a mission style restaurant. But, but even all of that got a bit tiring and, and I wanted to change. So I thought about Australia kind of popped into my mind and I told myself this, I projected onto the future and thought, yeah, I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to, I'm going to travel. I'm going to see these amazing uh, parts of nature. I'm going to sleep with loads of women. <laughs> this, this is, this is, this is my, this is actually, I remember having these thoughts <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then it's all going to be okay. And, I think, and then it's all going to be good. And I'm going to, I'm going to be fulfilled. So I was following that and I said, yeah, cool. Australia sounds good. I got to Australia and for the first three months, two months, it was exactly that. Uh, I was really enjoying myself. I, I found a job in a, in a really cool restaurant that were linked to a charity in a way, like a social, social enterprise. Is that the term? Yeah. Like they were linked to a charity. So it was a really cool concept. It attracted open-minded sweet people so i was working with all these really cool people in this uh restaurant in melbourne amazing coffee healthy ish like middle eastern food so i was learning middle eastern cuisine uh, i was dating not dating going out with a few girls going to parties and uh, techno and these kind of things and i was like it was summer in australia and i was like wow yes this is it like I feel alive and I it's just amazing and I had a nice flat with good flatmates fast forward a, a couple of months and I woke up one morning and I had this very intense uh anxiety it's very strong anxiety that was very visceral in my, like I feel it in my body and I felt at first I thought I was sick like I was ill or something because uh, I had flu-y symptoms. So I went to all these doctors because it got, it didn't go away. So a week later, I felt the same. Two weeks later, I felt the same. And I was tired all the time. Um, my head felt very heavy. Um, and as time increased, it got more and more intense until I felt um, depressed. And uh, using, I like to use the definition of depressed as like pushed down. Like I felt, I felt very pushed down and like contracted yeah, and very much in my head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's insightful. I wouldn't have been able to articulate it like that now, but looking back and anyway, looking into depression and, and meditation, that's another, that's another conversation, but this uh this feeling eventually got so intense that i had to stop working so i i i had panic attacks in the kitchen i was in the kitchen running the service and i had panic attacks and i had to run out and everyone was like mike where are you going we've got 100 people in the restaurant and i said no 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 yeah no bye I'm just gone so it it wasn't practical um so anyway, I left Melbourne and had to go to a quiet place. I chose to go to a quiet place in the north of Australia to focus on myself. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of, that was like the ending 
or I'm going to be dramatic. That was the death of an old way of being and feeling, which was facilitated uh, by life for whatever reason. And it was like an emotional body awakening, basically. Um, do you know the power of now? Yeah, I read it actually. I'm now reading uh, the New Earth also. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so Eckhart Tolle's concept of the pain body was um, when I read that because I was quite lost for three, three or four months. I was lost. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew that I had very low energy, had very fast racing thoughts. I hadn't had such fast thoughts before because they'd all been suppressed. So they were very, very fast and I felt heavy and depressed and anxious. And yeah, some days I, I didn't know how I just couldn't be with myself. I wanted to sleep forever. I wouldn't say I wanted to die because I didn't want to die, but I just, it was very intense. I didn't know how to be with my experience. I, I felt overwhelmed constantly. My body was in fight or flight most of the day. I didn't want to be social. I didn't want to be with women. I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to smoke. So all of my vices didn't work anymore. So it was kind of like a dark night of a soul, actually. And that lasted for around uh, nine months. It was quite intense for nine months. And then it kind of petted out and got less intense and less intense and less intense. And then after the years of actually integrating what I was reading, Eckhart Tolle was the first book, The Power of Now was the first book that I read which resonated with how I was feeling. And then it just kind of, yeah, it got, got better and life became more, I guess I liberated more of my emotional, um, how you say, got more in touch with my emotional body and started listening to the body and allowing. And it kind of went, went up from there. And then it goes down again and up, like more like waves now. That, that's life, right? <laughs> Yeah, it seems, seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you, you described like you were integrating some technologies and steps that uh, you got out of the book of uh, The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle. Like what were some of those things that you integrated or some of those actions that you took in order to uh, get yourself out of that depression state? Well, it was, re it was really... Is that noise? Can you hear that noise? Is that annoying that... Yeah, there's, there's a builder working, so we'll just... Yeah, <laughs> that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. No um, control over that. <laughs> no. So, when I was going through these, these intense uh, emotional experiences, I spent a lot of time looking on the internet. What's wrong with me? Dot com, you know, was kind of, you know, when you Google it. And I found one that really resonated, actually. He was saying the same thing that um, Eckhart Tolle was saying, that there's like a process of, of allowing and surrendering and, and, and allowing emotions to transmute and to be integrated. Um, and I came across this kind of, it seems like a bitter truth or a hard truth that you can't do anything about your feelings. You just have to allow them and allow them to, to move. It's not something that the, that the ego can really, is really involved in. It's more of a non-doing than a doing. I read that and I was like, oh, no, just tell me something to do. I feel terrible. Da, da, da. Um, and it's like, no, there's nothing to do. You just have to allow your experience. 
course, there are things you can do, which is coming back to your initial, initial question. I'm sorry if I went a bit away, which is why did I start being interested in health? So, I, so there, are life, there were lifestyle changes I could make. I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped smoking. I stopped eating meat. I stopped doing all these things just to kind of lighten up my, my body and my energy. Uh, I went for exercise consistently. So these were things that did, that did help. But really time, time and surrender, surrender meaning like just to allow my experience uh, um, with, with as much patience and compassion as possible. And it wasn't always possible because in those early stages, I didn't know how to be with my experience. I didn't have the self-compassion and the, the understanding that this is a process and it's okay. Because when these feelings come up, the alarm system in, 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 in the brain, the amygdala says, no, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. So I was in that there's something wrong awareness for a long time, for, for a year. And then eventually I learned to trust my experience and take my hands off my experience a bit more. And that's what healed. It was more like a, like, like a non-doing. Taking your hands off the experience that uh, I really take away um, to also get back into a little bit uh, your passion of course eh? your uh, your skills and experience in, uh, in cooking like if people listening here today think like yeah like I also want to upgrade my food game I also want to make better food at home more quality food at home mm -hmm. like you're a chef Mike you can definitely give them some tips yeah yeah for sure yeah it's interesting because those that those that know me really well um we speak I, I speak about very deep topics i'm into i'm into philosophy and spirituality that's like even a bigger part of my life than food however i can see that i am a chef speak about it yeah right i am a, i am a chef and um this is something that i've been grappling with like with like like my my calling what's my calling is it is it, is it to be a chef is it to to, to share my experience is it to you know so this is something that i've been kind of grappling with um so yeah let's go back to the food we'll stick we'll, we'll stick with the food for now because that's why i'm here <laughs> i guess um so chef skills i get i get this message um not that frequently but it's been maybe a dozen times people have reached out to me and said i want to be a vegan chef what should i do because it's not the same as uh, there are there, there are hundreds of cookings of thousands millions whatever ten, tens of thousands of traditional cooking schools that you can apply to and you can learn to be a chef that way. However, even if you were a non and uh, even if you were going down the traditionally trained route, I would always suggest that people learn in the kitchen. So if you actually want to be serious, if you're actually serious about being a cook or being a chef, I would say the first thing would be to go and work in a restaurant. And even if you have no experience, if you've got passion and that is transmuted and you go to the right kitchen, then the chef will pick up on that passion and he'll give you a job. I totally sure. believe that. I totally believe that. 
I've had plenty of plenty of times in my life personally that I've never done anything. I wanted to start a boot camp. I never did that. I saw that the guy posted an advertisement on that he was looking for trainers. I just went there. I said, here, here am I. I want to do this. Let me help you. And uh, he gave me a trial in front of a group of 25 people. And I did it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he hired me. And it was, uh, yeah, like you said, I, the, the passion Ooh. transmuted. And uh, yeah. And yeah. This is, of course, really related to um, to the profession itself. But I can imagine a lot of people following you, for example, on Instagram. They are just they are like like me, for example, right? Like with a passion for for making food, uh, just like to experience the different kind of cooking. What what are like what are questions that you do get a lot? Uh, okay, so it's, so the questions are: I want to, I want. Uh, how can I make my food, my vegan food, tasty? <laughs> um <laughs> that's an awesome question right that's an awesome question. yeah how can I, it's like where do i start now how do i respond to that in in a in one uh private message sometimes yeah, i'll just stop and be like, like a right, complete cool, video just... course about this <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but when i when i don't have the video video course then a little five ten minute answer will suffice i'm like this 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 um spices and condiments is is key learning how to use spices and condiments spices herbs and condiments so a quick example would be i'll give you an example of all the things that i have in my house right now that i rely on to to add tasty uh, extra flavor to my dishes so from spices uh cumin paprika i'll just say the ones that i always use Cumin, paprika, um, oregano, dried oregano, um, which I was biased. Garam masala is really good, really, really strong flavor. It's very aromatic. It's got cinnamon and clove and pepper and uh, cumin in it. So that's a, like a nice aroma, uh, aromatic spice. So those are the main spices. Black pepper, I rely on black pepper a lot. It's like simple, but it's, it does a job. And then for umami, to to give a give a plate a really strong umami flavor, uh, tamari, which is like gluten free soy sauce, miso. So these are like Asian Asian condiments that I use, uh, and tomato paste. And those are the main ones, really. Nice. So those are actually really simple ingredients, I would say, right? I think for most people listening right now, they will be like, oh, I actually have most of that at home. Maybe no miso paste, but uh, like mm -hmm. I know it's becoming more and more popular because you see it everywhere. And it's really, like you said, that umami, strong flavor. Um, and mm -hmm. like, of course, you you, you got to have some tips as well. Like what, what creates really a meal? Like, do you have like some certain steps that you, for example, always follow through at the end, yeah. come out with an tasty dish yeah i was just thinking that actually as because just giving the the condiments and the spices isn't enough because you need to look, know how to cook it and put it all together so i would say that that that's step one having those ingredients is step one and step two to creating any dish i would say is uh, onions and garlic and this is another it's like oh i've got onion and garlic <laughs> which is good everyone everyone's gonna have it and then caramelizing the onions and the garlic 
in every dish that I make, pretty much every single dish, I caramelized chopped onions and garlic and get them very, to, to caramelize meaning, I think most people know what that means, but really to, 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 to cook them with, uh, with oil. If you don't do oil, then that's another thing. There's ways to do it, but they, it won't be as caramelized if you don't use oil. So you caramelize them down, you cook down until they're uh, translucent, or you can take them even further and cook them down until they're like a nice light uh, golden brown. So, so then you have some nice, sweet, caramelized onions, which have umami properties, actually, caramelized onions. And then you add the garlic. Then you add the spices. So you're kind of layering. You have the caramelized onions. Then you have the spices. Then you caramelize that. So that makes the spices even more intense, and it makes the spices even sweeter. And then you add some tomato paste, which adds an intense tomato-y flavor. And then maybe you add some stock. Um, so I, I, I think that kind of answered your question. Yeah, it's really about uh, layering. You say layering those flavors up and down, starting with uh, some, some nice uh, onions and garlic, and then layering those, uh, those herbs mm. and spices on there, some tomato paste or maybe miso paste if you're using something like that to really build up those flavors. I think that's, uh, that's very helpful for a lot of people. Um, yeah, awesome, uh, <laughs> Mike. I think we can talk for hours, but I want to let you uh, ask you actually one last question already for today. Um, okay. This is one thing that I ask everyone that is on the on the Vegan Academy podcast. Um, next year, I will have you back here, and we're gonna do this uh, this interview once more. Um, what okay. has changed? So I want I would like to know to create some accountability that if in one year from now we're having this conversation again, that I can say like, hey. Mike, does this work out or did it not work out? So what do you think is going to happen for yourself in the next couple, in the next coming year? Hmm. What do you hope? You know what? I'm, yeah. This is something that I've been working on uh, within myself because I'm very, I'm very fluid. You could say like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be right to say I'm not driven because I am driven. But I really like, I used my organic energy. How do I say it? I don't really push myself to do something in that sense. Like I'm not, I don't really have that strong uh, masculine, cool, do this and accountability. However, I'm working on it. And in, in a very uh, soft and organic way, I'm allowing it to come up and I'm seeing that I do enjoy it. Um, so I don't really have goals. I don't really have goals. Which what, is strange, what would you like to see goals. happen? Yeah, but that, that's okay. Like, there's so much to say about like having goals or not having goals. Uh, I, I like that this also perspective that you share of just going more with the flow of your own nature. Uh, that's at least how I, yeah, yeah what I took away from it. Um, what, let, let me rephrase the question and then maybe what okay. would you like to happen in the next in the next coming year? What would you like if you could just envision something? And uh, say to me next year, Kuhn, I'm so happy that this happened. Okay. Look, at, <laughs> at the risk of sounding like a complete crazy yogi, <laughs> I feel like life is so wise and life leads the way. Um, and, and this is my experience that I kind of allow life to present me opportunities 
and I and I don't know I don't know what I want really I don't always know what I want this is the first answer right the first the, 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 the truest answer is I don't know what I want and I trust life to give me what life gives me and I'll be ready to 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 respond to that and that's the truth that's the deepest truth however i would like to write a, write a book i would like to write a cooking book that's something that i can see myself doing because i love to create recipes i would love to have a physical a physical thing or even if it's an electric one semi-physical uh, <laughs> electric book that people could uh could uh, buy and have uh i'm getting into videos now as you as you've seen so i've just started the youtube channel i would like to get a get some amazing videos on there and to develop a bigger following on on youtube what else i think that's it for now i think those are my goals um but really to i've been thinking more recently about providing value so teaching i would like to i would like my teaching to evolve in a way the way that i teach and share i would like that to evolve that it reaches more people because at the moment i'm doing physical workshops and there's a limit to, to how many people i can reach by uh, physical workshops presential workshops so maybe to get more online uh online courses perhaps beautiful uh <laughs> mike i loved how you said that life will present you exactly the things that you need right like i really like that uh, that perspective um yeah thank you so much for sharing this uh, or that right? what it needs me to do or what it yeah that it may like i, I saw this post the other day what i saw what i found super valuable i don't know it was from uh, till swan i don't know if you know her she's pretty big yeah. like uh uh spiritual yeah how would you call that like guide maybe that's, uh, maybe that's uh, yeah yeah spiritual teacher and she had this post and it was um a person standing of the uh, on the edge of a cliff and then it was like on this picture it was um you saw this so you saw the cliff and the cliff had written god on it you saw the person and the person had written god on it and you saw then this finger like this trying to catapult the person off the cliff and also okay. had god to it and then at the same time, the sky was also God. And then there was, at the end of the picture, there was an open hand, which was also written God. And I, uh, I really liked this, this whole perspective of everything, yeah, presents it in the way that it should be and everything is connected in that sense. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I took out of that post and I really love that, that perspective. And it's, it's so nice to see you, Mike, here as a, uh, as a chef, but then this whole conversation got so much deeper meaning by the way that you have been experiencing your life over over the last year so yeah this was for me totally unexpected that this would come out and i think that's the beauty of having conversations like that and uh, connecting with other people in life everyone has their own uh, perspective and uh, view on life so thank you very yeah. much once more for sharing that uh, with us maybe one last word of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience today I would like to get to, I would like to hear more about you. It's a shame. I guess you are the host. So, so, but by that, by being the <laughs> host, the nature of the whole thing is that the person that I'm the interviewer, right? And I'm the interviewer, <laughs> you're the interviewee. Um, but outside of this, it would be cool that we meet up and, and, 
and talk because I'd love to hear more about you. Words of wisdom. Oh, I think I, I think I've I, I think I've given enough. Uh, or how you say? I think I've given enough crazy wisdom. <laughs> but last last tip. Um, no, no, I'm done. I don't have any more words of wisdom. Nothing's awesome. coming spontaneously, so I'm not going to force it. No, that's uh, I like that also. Yeah, let's uh, end this recording and then uh, follow up our conversation so I can uh, answer a couple of your questions as well. As well. Uh, for now, I'm just going to thank everyone once more for listening here to me and uh, yeah, Mike Davies, they have yeah, been chef and content creator uh, from London, living in uh, in Barcelona. Thank you very much, Mike, and see you all back back next week with a new episode. Thank you. Thank you.